in its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues. This station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It'll be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been thinking and learning about lately, and I will do this every single week. This weekend, I was listening to some CDs in my car by T. Harv Eker, who wrote Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and is the head of Peak Potentials Training. I attended one of his seminars last year called the Millionaire Mind Intensive, and these CDs were part of that course. One of the things that I learned by listening to these CDs was the idea that we should strive to provide greater service to others in our businesses and our lives. In fact, T. Harvecker challenged his listeners to find a way to serve 10 times the number of people we currently work with in our businesses now. Think about how we might be able to do that. Some of those ways could include hosting a weekly radio show or podcast just like this, or it could include writing a book, it could include speaking in front of groups, or a multitude of other ways. You don't necessarily have to run your own business to do these things. If you have a sales-oriented career, these ideas work just as well. The more people you serve, the more money you have an opportunity to earn. But it must come from a place of service first. People will notice the difference. So the question of the week is, how can you put yourself in a position to serve 10 times as many people as you currently do? The possibilities are endless. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866 866- 404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Joel Canfield. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Joel is a business writer and philosopher who brings his unique perspective on business and life through writing books and coaching others to do the same. He publishes his books through his own publishing company called Little Purple Books. Joel also develops websites and writes music, so his talents are many. Joel is also very adept at simplifying that which seems complex, and his vision is to help others live life and use their talents in a way that is meaningful to them and to the world. He and his wife help entrepreneurs and virtual assistants identify and burst through their barriers to create profitable profitable businesses in the spirit of serving others. We will discuss all of this and much more during today's show. And with all of this in mind, let me bring on my guest, my very special guest, Joel Canfield. Joel, are you there? I am right here. Hello, Brian. Hello, welcome to Success Profiles Radio. You made us sound, you made me sound really good there. Well, I speak, I'll have I speak, to go. I'll I speak have to the go truth as I know it. There we All go. Right. I speak you. the truth as I know it. Yeah. So, what I do with every guest at the beginning of the show is I ask them to tell us a little bit about their backgrounds. What were you doing prior to what you're doing now, and how did that path lead you to where you currently are? 
Well, I spent a lot of years doing a lot of jobs. Um, take doing. I, I had a background in computers. Um, my father was in computers from the time I was very, very young, back when the only computers in the world were the size of a city block. Uh, so uh, as much as he discouraged me, because he said computers will never really be big business, um, some of the only bad advice he ever gave me, uh, I got into computers and I discovered over the years that I had a, a unique ability to translate between computers and humans because uh, up until not too many years ago, computers and humans didn't talk to each other very well and today some people still have problems with them. Mm. Uh, and that took me through uh, when web development came around. Um, the really early days of web development as we know it now were 15, 16 years ago and I was designing websites back then and I discovered from that that I could understand by building tools for small businesses, it helped me understand how they worked and what challenges they were really facing. Mm-hmm. Um, I built tools for small businesses, web tools that didn't require training, stuff you could just use. But eventually, I realized that the biggest challenges small businesses face, especially solo entrepreneurs, are trying to misbehave unintentionally like the big corporate entities uh, when the real solution to uh, excellence as a business person is just being more human. And so since I started writing business books, my first one came out October of 2008. Since I started writing business books, that's really been my focus all along, how to be more human. How to be human? How to be more human in how business. How to be more human. That's, that's a great idea. It sounds like you, I mean, I, we know each other, so I know that you definitely have a passion for this topic. What made you decide that you don't need a job anymore? Um, well, actually, someone else decided for me twice. Um, mm. But looking back, it's really uh, hindsight. Uh, years ago, I started my web business. Um, I officially launched it in 97, 98, I forget. Coming, we're coming up in the 13th anniversary of Spinhead Web Design. Um, but at one point, a client, my biggest client, uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went to work full-time for them, doing stuff I loved in a fascinating environment. Mm. Um, and apparently, it takes $52 million to create the product, the wireless product we were developing. And we only had $51 million. So mm-hmm. shortly before it was about to launch and change the face of entertainment, home entertainment systems, uh, the company closed up shop and I was one of the first people to go uh, because I was kind of expensive back then. Oh so my. I fired up the web business and got busy doing that again, moved to Northern California, and uh, as hard as I tried not to have a job, a local company found me and made me an offer I couldn't refuse again. Mm-hmm. And, and three years later... Their two largest clients said, you know, we just don't want to do this anymore. And overnight, 80% of their business just disappeared. Oh, wow. Uh, And again, I was kind of expensive, so I was one of the first people to go. Yeah. So two times in a row, um, having your horse shot out from under you for reasons that are really hard for me to have had any effect on, I looked back at a pattern over my whole life and realized 
that, uh, well, here's the story that popped into my head, and it's the opening of the book. Uh, Picture yourself walking down a mountain path with your hired guide. You're walking down this mountain trail, and you slip and go right over the edge. And your guide grabs you. So now there you are hanging in midair, nothing but air below you, and this big, strong mountain guide is holding on to your wrist with his hand, and he's got you. And then he starts to slip. Mm. So look up, look in his eyes, picture it in your head, and you see him slipping. This is not some family member, loved one, friend. Your only relationship with this person is money. And he starts to slip. You think he's going to hang on and go over the edge with you? Mm. Do you want do you want to be hanging from his hand, or do you want to be hanging on to something with your own? And yeah. as much as I don't want to be hanging over the cliff, but look around at the economy, um, and they keep telling us the recession is almost over, and I keep hoping it'll come to my house and be over. Um, yeah. But uh, right now, more than ever, we're all dangling from a precipice, and I would rather be hanging on to something with my own hands than hanging from someone else's hand. I don't want someone else to have control over whether or not I make a living. And I'm not saying, I make the point in the book, it's not easier to be self-employed. Certainly not. It's harder. Uh, It's easier to be employed right up until the day you're not. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, this, of course, is the subject of your book and we'll you know go even more in depth in this uh, in the next segment we've got you know just a couple more minutes here before our, our first uh, our first uh, break happens but I want to ask you about something else which I find extremely fascinating uh, you and your family do a lot of traveling and until very recently you were not location specific at all I mean you roamed and traveled and did house sitting <laughs> and did a whole bunch of very interesting things that most people wouldn't have the courage to do. What is it that, that made you decide to do this? And what was that whole process like, just living and going wherever and being able to work wherever you happen to be? Well, folks can read about it at canfieldofdreams.com, our, our nomad experiment. And um, Sue and I say now that we're, you know, it's not over, it's just slowed down a little. Mm-hmm. But we, a uh, uh, year and a half ago, we realized that we just couldn't afford California anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend in Vancouver, British Columbia said, would you like to come spend August in our nice house in Vancouver instead of in Sacramento? So we house sat in a beautiful restored Victorian up there in the gorgeous um, Pacific Coast weather. And we were hooked. We gave up our, the house we were renting in California and spent a year and a half traveling all over the U.S. and Canada, house-sitting, sometimes for people we knew, sometimes for total strangers, mm-hmm. uh, through a website called mindmyhouse.com. That's a mm-hmm. great way to connect. Um, using couchsurfing.org sometimes to find people to stay with. And we've made friends all over the U.S. and Canada. And the reason we could do that is because we intentionally created a location-independent business. We can work from anywhere there's an Internet connection. And anymore, that's just about anywhere except maybe the middle of Death Valley where I don't want to live anyway. Wow. Right. 
Well, that's fantastic. I know that you've been here to Arizona a few times, and we've met yes. in person, you and Sue and I, and, and I've had so much fun getting to know you guys and, and getting to know you and your experience. We are coming right up against the break. My very special guest this week is Joel Canfield. He is the author of the book called You Don't Want a Job, and we will be discussing that book in depth, some of the themes in that book. It's a really fascinating experience and a very, uh, very wonderful idea just to think about how you can be free doing things on your own terms. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. The IRS can and will track your income. Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability, but deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nellie will be here to teach us as entrepreneurs and small business owners how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Martha Sanchez, the host of Know the Radio Show, empowering women one topic at a time, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. At the ripe old age of five, she was already interpreting information and documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she will provide you with information and resources that will empower you to balance your life, both professionally and personally, guiding you to become a healthier, happier, and more productive you. Through inspirational stories, examples, and sharing resources, Know the Radio Show and Martha Sanchez will put the focus back on your needs and goals and help cure the disease to please. For more on the show and Martha, check out her website, knowtheradioshow.com. Don't miss Know the Radio Show, empowering women one topic at a time, with host Martha Sanchez, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have, and this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And my very special guest this week is Joel Canfield, who wrote the book, You Don't Want a Job. If you'd like to call in and ask questions uh, for my guest, Joel Canfield, or just talk to us uh, on the air, you're more than welcome to. Our number is 866 
866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And Joel, like I mentioned, you've written a book called You Don't Want a Job. This title is certainly very provocative. I've known you for a while, and I know that you have a, a big passion for this topic. Tell us a, a little bit more about what this book is really about. Okay. The subtitle of the book is Why Self-Employment Reduces Your Risks and Increases Your Rewards. Um, as you know, uh, my wife and I have been entrepreneurs for a long time, mm-hmm. and this book isn't about how to start your own business. Um, there, there are a lot of other books about that, including some I've written, uh, but I'm fond of writing what I call, rather than how-tos, I call them why-tos. And so the point of this book, the point I want to make, is that most people believe that the normal way to provide for yourself financially is a job, that the safe, traditional job is the right choice, and I want people to understand that the age of the job is over. Uh, the beast hasn't died yet, but it, it's, it, its heart has already stopped beating. And before another generation has passed, and I think far be, before that, Jobs as we know them won't exist, and people who leave all the decision-making, all the risk-taking to other people are going to find themselves out in the cold. It took me 25 years to learn the lessons that uh, a job is not does not equate to financial security, and I just don't want other people to take 25 years to learn the painful lessons that I had to learn. Right. And it seems like back in the frontier days, I mean, there weren't corporations. I mean, people learned a trade and they did their trade and they did business with one another in their little village. Do you think metaphorically we're returning to that? Um, It's actually going to be in some ways that's coming back. Cottage industries are becoming viable. Uh, You you look at Etsy, uh, people making crafty stuff. And selling it, though, not in their own village, selling it anywhere that the Internet reaches. Um, The job, the I show up at the factory and become a cog, uh, that's an artifact of the Industrial Revolution. Um, Seth Godin has been chanting that for quite a while and also pointing the finger at uh, the public school systems and that they were designed to create um, compliant, obedient cogs in the school system that would go be compliant, obedient cogs in the job system. What's happening, and and I have actually learned more about this from reading the books of Charles Handy, whose most famous book is called The Empty Raincoat, but he wrote a book called The Elephant and the Flea. About He, he was an executive at British Petroleum uh, back before uh, they were such an unpleasant household word. But mm-hmm. um, when he, in 1981 or 82, he realized then that Putting all his financial eggs in one basket was risky. He and he wanted to be able to provide for his family, and so he did what he calls going portfolio. He still had a number of employers, but he contracted his time out and his skills out to a bunch of different people. And that way, because if British Petroleum fired him, he lost 100% of his income. But he figured if I have six employers and I lose one of them, I've lost, on average, 17% of my income, which is still a blow, but not nearly as large a blow. And if you have 12 employers, lose one of them, and you've lost 8.5% of your income. 
it just makes sense to have multiple streams of income. And any self-employed person already knows that having only one client, first of all, they're your boss, whether you like it or not, but it's a huge risk. So have multiple streams of income. And I'm, the age of the job is ending, not that we're all going to go back to hand carving furniture and trading it to the neighbor for bread, but we are all going to end up having a portfolio of clients, not just a single job. Because not only is it better for me as a worker to uh, be a contractor and care for things myself, but the people that I work for now, they don't have to worry about the hour that I'm unproductive because there was no work at the end of the day. Uh, They don't have to be stuck with me when someone who can do the job better for less money or just play and provide better value comes along. When my contract with them is up, they can have someone else do it, or they can have two of us sharing the job, which you really can't do at a traditional job now. So employers and employees both win by becoming contractors on both sides. Um, And you'd think it'd be a lot less riskier for employers to source some of those things out. I know that, you know, sourcing out and outsourcing has become a dirty word because we think of most of that going overseas, but it doesn't have to be because corporations, when they outsource things, they have contractors and they don't have to pay for their health insurance and a whole bunch of other things. That risk goes to the, uh, the contractor, but you know, the rewards I would imagine far outweigh the risk. Would you think? Absolutely. And now, and I don't, I don't really address these things from the the employer's point of view right. in this right. book. Um, I want people who have a job or who are looking for a job to stop and think. And so I address it from their perspective. And mm-hmm. the the um, the rewards, you know, the, the two sections on risk. Section one of the book is why a job is risky. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty short. It's less than a quarter of the book. The next section, about the same length, addresses all of those same points and shows why self-employment is less risky in mm-hmm. all of those same ways. Yeah. But the bulk of the book, probably 60% of it, is why doing your own thing has more rewards. And I, I quote extensively. In my previous books, I haven't really quoted from other sources much. They have been as much manifestos. As, yeah. as as anything else. This book I quote extensively uh, from Abraham Maslow, uh, whose name Maslow is it, always going to be tied to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the, right. the concept that uh, you can't think about your role in society if you're outside hungry, cold, and wet. Right. Um, get in a house and get your stomach full and have something warm to wear, and then you can start thinking about other things. And Maslow studied what we need. And I, uh, I, there are a lot of quotes in my book from Maslow about how we fulfill our needs and why the basic needs that a job fulfills of just maybe putting bread on the table is not enough. Um, right. And a- another person I quote from a lot, uh, I-, I love his work, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, Uh, famous for having the most unpronounceable name outside of Hungary. He wrote, he he came up with the concept of flow, this idea that when we're working at something we love and we're good at, we're challenged but not over-challenged, we get into a state called flow. When uh, musicians, programmers, different people call it being in the zone. 
uh, time ceases to exist. You forget yeah. you're hungry. You forget to go to the bathroom. You are in the zone, and it, really, we don't recognize that time exists anymore. Uh, Csikszentmihalyi pioneered research into flow, and uh, his book Creativity and Flow, and another book on flow that I quote from that I don't remember the name of, but anyway, um, he talks a lot about the kinds of things that get us there, and both uh, Csikszentmihalyi and Maslow emphasize the fact that when we surrender control, when we don't have a higher purpose, when the things that we are doing are just exchanging our time for money, we surrender an enormous amount of happiness and an enormous amount of potential happiness. Uh, they make the point that if we just view a job as a way to earn money, and it's no more than that, trading time for money, that we are surrendering an enormous amount of control over our personal happiness, and I think that's immoral. Right. Wow. So let me ask this. I mean, if someone is thinking about starting their own business, and there are people out there listening potentially who might be on the cusp of starting something or they've been thinking about starting something and they really want to, but they're not sure how. Uh, Your book addresses why, but they're not really sure how. Isn't it far better to set the table and take some of those steps before you end up losing your job? I mean, how does one go about doing that? Absolutely. You know, you, you check to make sure there's water in the pool before you jump off the high dive. And we got a couple um, minutes before the break. Okay. Um, Seth Godin wrote a book. It is only available, I think, as a free ebook um, called The Bootstrapper's Bible. And if anyone is considering starting their own business, and I, and I really hope they are, and if they're not sure, then I, my book will be the match and Seth's book would be the tinder to really light a fire. But the Bootstrapper's Bible talks about how to start your own business smart, how to do it with little to no money. And one thing he emphasizes is keep your day job as long as you can. Um, Because, yes, if you can build this in evenings, weekends, time off, uh, when you have financial pressure, Uh, Maslow comes into play again. Uh, One of the biggest challenges that an entrepreneur has with the unsteady income is the struggle to take the job with the unpleasant client or doing work that we don't really like because the house payment is due, because there's not milk in the fridge. So if you've got a job that's paying the bills, then build your business on the side and there will come a time when the business takes more time than you have or yeah. when it's making enough income that you realize with a, with some economy and a little bit of hurt, you could make the leap now. Maybe the pool's not full, but at least it's not a bare concrete bottom. But you're absolutely right. Set the table first. All never, right. Never quit your job if you don't have to. There you go. And we are up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Joel Canfield. And we will be right back after the break. Please stay with us. (laughs) 
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on? Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Rockstar Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Okay, and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Joel Canfield. His book is You Don't Want a Job. And one thing that I want to address next, Joel, is uh, the idea that when someone is thinking about starting a business, they may think, well, I'm really good at doing this, or I've been really, really successful at doing that. But just because you're good at doing something does not not necessarily translate to being a good business owner or entrepreneur. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Great. Um, so I want to ask you, what, what skills does one have to master or at least be smart enough to know what they're not good at and source out? What do you think uh, is required to run a good business? Well, um, there, there are a handful of answers to that question. Um, one thing is that uh, you may love doing something as a hobby. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, a guy who loves fishing might be a great fishing guide. But he might get out there with a boat full of people and realize that he doesn't want a bunch of yahoos yelling in his boat. He liked his Saturday afternoons quiet. Um, so we have to be careful not to assume that a hobby can be turned into a business just because we love doing it doesn't mean we will love teaching others or doing it for them, with them, or whatever. Um, and 
one way to deal with that. Some and some things, um, you can be the greatest poet in the world. I'm not sure it's a great business. And so, one great poet, a guy named Mark McGinnis, whose website is lateralaction.com, figured out that if he does something right beside his passion, he doesn't have to make a living as a poet. But he, what he does is he makes his living helping artists understand business concepts and make sense of them. So, so your hobby may not be a great business, but you can find something right next door to your hobby and connect it with something that you love. Um, and in the book, I make this clear differentiation. I, I use the words uh, self-employed, entrepreneur, freelancer. I use those all kind of interchangeably throughout the book. But an entrepreneur is really someone who they, they don't mind risk. They're risk tolerant. They're willing to go out, find clients. They love the thrill of the chase, and they're the ideas person, the big dreamer. A freelancer might not like all of that stuff, but still, a freelancer can sell their skills. Uh, someone like my wife, Sue, if she's a great transcriptionist, transcribing audio to text, um, she may be an entrepreneur, go out and create her own business, find a bunch of clients and do that, or she might be a freelancer and sell that service to other virtual assistants or to a you know a speaker's bureau or something like that, and where she has a small handful of clients who are actually other business people who just buy her service from her. She's still not employed by them, but it's still not full entrepreneurship. She doesn't have nearly the same... Uh, risk and the level of effort finding new clients as an other entrep entrepreneur would. As a result, a freelancer usually makes less money per project or per hour. Uh, but for some people, it's really the right choice, and it's still a far better choice mm. than just having a job. But let's let's you mentioned, and, and I know this is one of the examples you mentioned, uh, Mike Michael Porter's book, The E Myth, and he uses the same example of you know a pie maker. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you are brilliant at making pies does not mean you can make a business selling pies um, because the word selling just came out of my mouth. You can be brilliant at baking a pie. It does not mean that you have any concept of what it takes to sell something. Mm -hmm. And uh, my definition of selling, very different from the traditional marketing slash advertising definition, is having conversations with people to find out if they have a need which they would like you to fill. Hmm. Um, yeah. Now, still, if you're baking pies, you can't spend all of your time in the kitchen baking pies because you have to go let people know that you have pies and what they're like and why they're de better than the pie they can go buy with their you know, Happy Meal at McDonald's. So there's a lot of work there to understanding marketing, a huge right. component of running a business. But then also, businesses are about money. If yes. there's no money changing hands, it's a hobby. Um, if there's money changing hands, then in most countries, uh, some governmental organization would like you to pay them taxes. And there are usually legal requirements. You need to know that stuff because if you get underwater with the, say, the State Board of Equalization in California, the IRS in the United States, you can be in serious trouble and you can essentially lose your ability to do business. Right. So. A brief meeting with a tax consultant, and, and here's a hint. Some tax consultants will give you lots of free advice in exchange for a really good meal. Mm. Um, or, in fact, they may barter for services you provide, which to you might not seem like they have a lot of value, 
but they may have a lot of value to a tax consultant. So um, go out, search your yeah. network for people who understand taxes, for people who understand accounting. Um, if you're going to have a physical place of business, then you have startup costs that are way beyond what I as a service provider do. Uh, we work from our home, and we can literally work from the local coffee shop if we want to and have zero startup costs other than the computers we already own. Right. But uh, knowing how to deal with finances, knowing how to deal with marketing, and knowing when you can do something yourself and when you absolutely should not. Um, if you, you know, you can get a free blog at wordpress.com and you can write stuff. And if you have reasonable writing skills and you're a fairly smart person and people like listening to you, then maybe you can do your marketing and have a website at wordpress.com. But if you can't spell and you won't do the work, you should have a website anymore. Websites just as much a part of business as a, a phone and as a fax machine used to be. And if you don't have a website, right. people think you're not real. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's another thing: do what you can reasonably do and do a reasonably professional job of. Uh, even as a web developer, I want people to have a professional website, and I'd love to do it for them. But I know some people as a startup just aren't going to spend the money. They can't spend the money. So do the best job you can on your own. Befriend someone like me, and I love to give free advice and ask a lot of questions. Right. But don't don't make dumb mistakes because you didn't ask a lot of questions. And I think that's the biggest thing that I have tried to do. My first book, The Common Sense Entrepreneur, um, I, I, I tell everyone that, that I talk to about that book – it's not a book of answers about how to start a business. It's a book of, have you asked yourself all of these questions? Uh -huh. And I, you you're absolutely right that people can really hurt themselves if they haven't thought of all of the business aspects to running a business, uh, to turning their hobby, their beloved pastime, into a business that will actually make money. There you go. And the, the book that we were referencing a few minutes ago is by Michael Gerber. That book is called The E-Myth, and it's uh, a, really, uh, really, a lot of great things have been said about that book. It's one of the uh, best books out there if you're thinking about running a business, and it really has to do with setting up systems in your business so that it will learn to run itself so that you're working on your business and not in your business, just like Joel was talking about. Let's flip the page and talk about something else that you're very passionate about, and that is publishing. You have a, a publishing company yourself that you that you work with, uh, Little Purple Books, and you are an advocate for publishing independently. Uh, let me ask you: What are some of the fundamental differences between publishing a book yourself and and how feasible is that for someone like like you or like me? And uh, versus uh, getting a big publishing contract, which can be really really difficult to get. Well. Um Traditional publishing uh, rejects something well over 99% of the manuscripts that they, um, that they look at. I don't know if that number is manuscripts that they inspected or manuscripts that they received. If that doesn't include manuscripts which they rejected unopened, then the number is far higher than 99%. But um, so – if you want to be traditionally published, know right now that uh, step number one is you have to be part of the less than 1% of the people who ever get published. Um, traditional publishing, you surrender all control. Uh, if they want to put 
they they could design any cover they want. If you have, if even if you get a contract, and I know people who are traditionally published, they can edit your book, they can change your words. And as an artist, as a writer, um, I just find that horrifying. Um, they can decide. I know people who got their book print published in print, but the publisher doesn't want to release it on Kindle because they don't think it'll be profitable enough. Profitable enough. And the author has the choice of negotiating to buy back the Kindle rights or never have their book on Kindle. Um, mm. And um, the traditional publishing machine keeps most of the profit. And as far as marketing, I have a little chart in my book, Getting Your Book Out of the Sunday Box, a chart of the difference between traditional and independent. The one column that's identical is under marketing. Traditional publishing, you do all the marketing. Independent publishing, you do all the marketing. Um, yeah. So getting a book traditionally published, when people come to me for help with their books, I never recommend traditional publishing. And if someone tells me that's how they want to go, I I send their I send them somewhere else because I don't work with agents. I don't work with traditional publishing. I don't work with someone who wants to wait to be picked. I want to work with someone who says, I can do this. I may not know how, but I can figure out how, and I can do this. Someone who wants to take control and get their message out there. So publishing a book independently, you can literally, if you have the skills or can find people to help you, again, you can always trade for uh, favors, trade for work, but you can literally publish a book in print or digital for zero cost but your time. No cost but knowing what you want to say and then making it happen. You can publish a better book if you can pay a professional editor, hire a professional cover designer. You'll get done faster with a motivational coach and things like that. But anyone who has something to say can publish a book, print or Kindle for zero cost in dollars and cents. So there is no reason in the world mm-hmm. that a person who wants to write a book can't do it. Okay, and we are coming up against our final break. Can you believe how quickly this is going? This is a lot of fun. My guest this week is Joel Canfield. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please come back with us on the other side. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you've ever been confused about the facts surrounding non-surgical rejuvenation and cosmetic plastic surgery, we're pleased to introduce to the Rockstar Radio Network audience, Spirit Lift, Plastic Surgery for the Soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, host Kim McKenna and plastic surgeon Dr. Sadi Irfani will help dispel the myths surrounding this exciting field and lift the veil of mystery on a very important topic. With advances in nutrition and self-care, many of us want to look as young and vibrant outside as we feel inside. 
Plus, listeners will be able to call in live and share their questions and get advice on the air. A show where you will learn how to look and feel your best and be your best. Join us to have your spirit lifted on Spirit Lift, plastic surgery for the soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. What time is it? It's MILF and Cookies time. Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook, and catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their MILF status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best-kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the inside out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is So Hot, for keeping your milk status. And don't forget the cookies. We're still moms after all. And best friends are like a good brawl. They never leave you hanging. Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her cool status late in life after a good long run with a glee club. Amy, on the other hand, is walking the 30 set and as a high school cheerleader has pretty much been cool her whole life. Hook up with hosts Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central for Milk and Cookies here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Welcome back for our final segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. My special guest this week is Joel D. Canfield, who wrote the book, You Don't Want a Job. We talked uh, in the last segment about the differences between self-publishing and getting a publishing contract with a big publisher. And it's very, very difficult to get those publishing contracts. Joel is a very strong advocate of publishing independently. Uh, I want to ask, Joel, what stops people from writing the book that's deep down inside them? Because I personally believe everyone has a book inside them, but what stops people from doing that? Well, I'm I'm right there with you. I think everyone should write a book. Um, And what stops them, I have never found one person who, in the end, it didn't come down to fear. What if what if I can't get started? What if I get started and I can't finish? What if I finish it and I never get it published? What if I publish it and I don't sell it? What if I publish it and I sell it and then people don't like it? Um, what if a million different things and all it is is it's your amygdala, your lizard brain at the top of your spine, the base of your skull, uh, trying to scare you? And rational fears are fine. You know, If I see a truck coming towards me, I should step out of the way. That's a good fear. Um, someone might laugh yeah. at me. Someone might laugh at me. That's a stupid fear. There's yeah. laugh. You know, nobody died from being laughed at. So no. fear is what keeps people from writing a book. Fear is what keeps people from striking out as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Far too many people guide their lives by fear. And I have made fear my anti-compass. When I When I'm afraid of something, and I realize there's no reason for it. It's an irrational fear. I go do that thing. Yeah. Just to prove that you can do it. I, it's to make myself I, – I, it's not humanly possible, but I want to become immune to fear because yeah. I was one of those people who lived the bulk of my life afraid of everything. When I, mm. when I was young, 
I truly believed, I never verbalized it, but I truly believed that if someone laughed at me in public, I would in fact literally die. Mm. And I guided my life by that. Never do anything to get noticed because if someone laughs at you, you'll die. And now I see something scary, I run over and go do it because I'm not yeah. going to let fear run my life anymore. Wow. That's a, such an awesome attitude to have. A lot of people are paralyzed by their fear and those are the people that generally don't get a lot done. But I want to talk about something pretty significant that you did late last year. You've authored 10 books and you decided – and what possessed you to do this? I'm going to ask you to release six books on the same day. What What were you thinking? What happened? I mean, what were you? What was it like? Do you, Do you remember the date I released them? 11, was, 11, 11? Yeah, I remembered it was in November, but I didn't remember what day exactly. But no, that makes perfect sense. 11, 11, 11. 11 you're right. Yep. Add up all those ones and you get six. So I figured if I'm going to have a big book release party, let's make it six books then. So how uh, long how long of a pre-plan was this? I mean, you had to take a lot of time to write these six books. Well, and actually, get your actually, uh, affiliates and your Actually, um first of all, I do not recommend this, especially for first-time authors, don't try to write even two books at once. But you know, these were my uh, um third through ninth books, fourth yeah. through tenth, no, whatever. I forget. Now I'm confusing myself. But anyway, um, six months before that, um, in May, I actually had two of those books ready. They were done, formatted, edited. They really just needed to be um, polished up and released. So those two books had already been written. The other four books were actually written, edited, formatted, covers designed, websites designed, um, all of that done during that uh, previous six-month period. So four of the books were from – two of them were a glimmer in my eye at the beginning of that time period. Two of them I thought of during the time period. Um, Now, two of those books are uh, collaborations. I co-wrote Hits or Niches, Why Advertising is Boring, Obnoxious, and Annoying, and What You Can Do About It, with um, Rick Wilson, who is a dentist by trade, by profession, but a brilliant marketer. And why we lead with Shanna Mann, who's been on your show before. Yes. Uh, just, uh, just a fireball of uh, uh, basically kind of a productivity coach. But those six books, they, I, I write shorter books, first of all. I don't want anyone to think that I've produced six copies of Webster's Encyclopedia. Um, the, the books I write now, uh, You Don't Want a Job, is about 12,000 words. You could read it in an hour. I suspect that most people would read it more than once because I packed a lot into that. But I want people to get a short book. So writing short books made it easier. My longer books are about 25, 30,000 words. And so I just wanted to create a platform for myself. I know that if you were, I, I, and I advise all my clients that have written one book, write another book. Yes, spend time marketing your first book. But when you, you show up to do a speaking gig and you have, one book, that's nice. You show up to do a speaking gig and you have a stack of the three books you've written and you can mention the two more you're working on. Now people take you even more seriously as an author. Mm. Uh, And standing out as an author now, it is becoming easier and easier for people to publish their own books. And while, as our friend Stephanie Chandler says, you know, authority begins with author. Yes. uh, Being an author still makes you an authority, even if you've published one book. 
but it's becoming easy enough that if you really want to stand out and if you want to get people's attention, having more than one book does the job. So I've spent a lot of time in the last five years writing 10 books and the next 18 months, I'm going to be spending a whole lot more time marketing those books. But right. I, I really want people to get over their fear. Uh, writing mm-hmm. a book is not hard. It, it, it does not have to be hard. In fact, you can find someone who do everything that you might consider hard, and you can just do the easy stuff. Writing yeah. a book should be the most fun you've ever had. Absolutely. And and I had a lot of fun writing my book. My book is uh, fairly short, too, for the same reason. I want it to be something that people can read in an hour or maybe two. I don't want it to be War and Peace. I don't want it to be the dictionary. <laughs> it's because it's not. Uh, very uh, simplified discussion of a lot of ideas. So your, let's, your book, you have each page, each short little chapter is one topic. Someone could read one of those every morning when they got up and yeah. carry around one great idea all day. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And you've you've seen my book, and you 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 helped me do my website, and and my book is on the website. So that's how Joel and I know each other. Uh, it's because he did my website, and we've done other things uh, too. Let me also ask: if someone is at the point where they think, okay, it's time to write a book, the only thing that's holding me back is I don't know how. You do coaching, exactly? Is that yep. right? Yep. So how how do you typically help people do that? Well, the 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 mechanical services, the, the editing, formatting, all of that stuff, uh, first of all, you can get that from a lot of people. I have a team that does that. So I can offer people a package that gets all of that stuff done. That's what most people think of as writing a book, all those publishing services. And frankly, that's the easy stuff. What people need help with is deciding that they need help to know that they're writing the right book for the right audience for the right reasons. And uh, from my, my publishing site, Someday Box, as in getting your book out of the Someday Box, if you go to SomedayBox.com, um, I offer a roadmap session where I help people figure out what is the book they really should be writing. Because you may have a good idea for a book, but often it can be re-aimed just a little bit to become a great idea for a book. That is SomedayBox.com. As, yes. in I'll, as in, I'll do this someday, SomedayBox.com. Yep. I want people to get their book out of the Someday Box, which is what the title of my book about independent publishing is about. So what I do, the biggest service I offer, besides for all those publishing things, is helping people make sure that they are writing the right book for the right people, for the right reasons, knowing why. I'm a huge fan of knowing why. Finding why makes what and how become clear. Then once we know that you're writing the right book, for the right people, for the right reasons, I help people hold, I hold people accountable to themselves to get the job done. It's so easy to not write a book, no matter how badly you want to. There are so many things that come up that make it easy to put it off, put it off, put it off, and then uh, suddenly you're 92 years old and you didn't write the book yet. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I just pointed out that I wrote two books on my own and collaborated on two more in a six-month period. I know that a truly motivated person could write a full book in a month every November, all the nut jobs at NaNoWriMo, and I'm one of them, write a full novel, a novella, 50,000 words in one month. Even a business book could be written in two months. So I know that anyone... Anyone, and I've made this promise at, at networking events and, and speaking events, anyone 
could be holding their printed book in their hand one year from today. And the biggest challenge is the motivation to start and then stick with it. And that's the biggest thing that I provide for people. That's fantastic. We are getting close to the end. Tell us one more time, how can we order your book, You Don't Want a Job? The best place to find everything about Joel D. Canfield is to go to joeldcanfield.com. And in fact, my business card now just says Joel D. Canfield, phone number, email address, Google me. If you Google Joel D. Canfield, uh, you'll find everything there is to know about me. None of it's embarrassing because I don't do embarrassing stuff. Right. JoelDCanfield.com, you can go to my books and find You Don't Want a Job. You can also, just if you prefer, go to Amazon, buy it from Amazon. I get less money, but you get more security, maybe. I'm trustworthy. Uh, or you can order on Kindle and have it right now, uh, again, at Amazon. And you can go to Amazon, just search for You Don't Want a Job or search for my name, Joel D. Canfield. But you can find everything, including links to go buy it from Amazon if you want, right from my website. And that's where you can also find out about all the stuff I do, my web stuff, my publishing company, um, my music, if you want to go listen to some interesting alternate country stuff. Sounds great. All right. Well, Joel, I do thank you so much for uh, being on Success Profiles Radio today. It was a real pleasure having you on. I have had a ball. Thank you, Brian. It's always fun with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We will be back next week on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can uh, listen back to the show at www.successprofilesradio.com in a little while, in in about an hour or so. You can also listen to it on iTunes for free within a couple of hours. Download, subscribe to the show, link up with me on Facebook and Twitter, and on uh, LinkedIn as well. It's all on my website, successprofilesradio.com. Please come back next Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern, for another exciting show, Success Profiles Radio. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, 